Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're on Team Human, Conscious Intervention in the Machine. This is a preview of this week's bonus content, a recording from the uh, Team Human Salon that we did on our team members' Discord channel with our recent guest, uh, Professor Sarah Pesson. Uh, Sarah's a philosophy professor at University of Denver and a very interesting writer and thinker. She's also just started up a Medium column, and it's not behind their paywall. It's free to all. So if you do a search for Sarah Pesson on Medium, you can start seeing some of her work there. And of course, if you want to hear this whole conversation or come live to the Team Human Discord sessions and salons that we've been doing, just go to teamhuman.fm and click on support. My practice of philosophy has always been about what I've come in recent years to call an ethics of vulnerability and a vulnerability in reading. Um, and I'm really excited. One of my graduate students is actually writing a dissertation now on vulnerable reading based on uh, sort of some of the approaches that I use in my classroom. But that's something that, again, obviously, for political comportment. So that's another kind of way that my philosophy, uh, the second way that it kind of connects me to these ambiguous spaces. It's about the, the, sort of the, the sort of receptivity and vulnerability of spending a really long amount of time in somebody else's word space and wrestling with it and not just being like, okay, I got it next. You know, I always tell my students, you can't, you take a class with me uh, on whoever, loving us, it's a 10 week class. I say, I'm not here to, to like indoctrinate you to loving us. However, if the first thing that comes out of your brain is here's why he's wrong and you don't even know what he's saying yet, and then we have a problem. So I, I frequently kind of, you know, in, in my classes, I, back up to discuss comportment, not just content, because I think we all have been raised, oh, I don't know all of us, so maybe, you know, I'm making generalizations, but many of us have been raised in cultures where, you know, knowledge is like, who can hit the buzzer first? And it's like, okay, that's a problem, actually, not just for a philosophy classroom, but for civics. So that's the second point and the comportment, it's also a comportment point. The third point is the content point. Um, I guess I was lucky in the, the philosophers whom I gravitated towards just 
Um, and again, I guess, I don't know if it's lucky or if it's obvious, but I, I tend to gravitate towards philosophers who are similarly wrestling. Um, and so, you know, I, I I I find I found my way um to a number of different ancient, medieval, contemporary, loads of different philosophers from different backgrounds, different cultures, different religions, um, atheists, theists, spiritual, um, you know, contemporary. I I try I just try to um I, I gravitate towards many thinkers and I try to not just do like a big grab bag, which is like a similar to the race to the buzzer where it's just like, Oh, here's as much I, here. I'm throwing together a bunch of stuff that I don't fully get. It's more like I'm struck by how much I don't get and by how much more I need to know about so many more things. And some of the thinkers that I gravitate towards most are going to be in one way or another wrestling with reality in some way even if they have a pretty uh, robust system their systems will probably only interest me if i see that underneath there is some kind of a sensibility that's similar to what we're talking about so yeah anyway i just um i i i definitely uh, thinkers like um emmanuel lovinas who's a thinker that i work on now um in the last decade or so uh and earlier and continuously i work on traditions of neoplatonism um which are a sort of start in this great philosopher in, in the late ancient world plotinus in the third century and following his thoughts into different religious um jewish islamic christian thinkers and different mystics and poets so it's an eclectic group of philosophers i like i guess plotinus and levinas come to my mind right now they're so different and they're from such different systems but in all of their work i find a kind of um a kind of i don't know fluid journey into discovery of what of something about the intangible nature of goodness and justice in the world and a kind of i don't know exploratory fascination that they have um that 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 makes makes me feel that they're receptive in a way that i don't know feeds my feeds my 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 hunger for models and receptivity so if there's a if there's an object to the game for you, I mean, it's not necessarily, oh, this is the object of the game for, of, of philosophy, right? People come to philosophy for a lot of different reasons, but the object of the game for you is, is that, is it, is it to be finding, you know, uh, uh, people who are really exploring and, and, and wrestling with how do we, you know, bring, bring justice and kindness, you know, to the world? You know, sometimes it's, it's thinkers who are wrestling with that. And then just, um, I guess, philosophy in general, uh, not all of it, but a lot of it for me is in its very nature, just um, even if it's not specifically asking about justice, it's um, curious about the how things are. It's open to, in a way that good science and good art and all good things are have similar traits. But I feel like philosophy is open to to just endlessly questioning the nature of yourself the nature of the other humans the nature of the spaces between us um the nature of reality how our reality connects to our words how our words connect to our bodies how our bodies move us how we move our bodies it's just um and again it's it's so it's not any particular it's not just philosophers who are looking at justice for example um but I myself, I guess, no matter what the philosophers are talking about, I guess the main questions that I'm always looking at, even if they're talking about art or even if they're talking about uh, consciousness or whatever, when I'm reading philosophers, I guess I'm always 
I'm very aware of the receptive, vulnerable activity of trying to understand somebody else's words. So that's one. Two, I'm always wrestling with how does this change a story about myself? How does this change my story about the other people? Even if they're talking about trees, I'll ask about other people because that's my question. And how does this experience of what I'm reading, even if it's about trees, how does this implicate my capacity to to live differently with other humans? So it's that's why, I mean, I love your work because that's a question that you're always interested in, Team Human. I know that that's not always popular in philosophy and, and in theology, and I frequently get asked, like, what about the animals and what about the nature? I have nothing against the animal and the nature. I'm just myself always asking the question of how do we do better between the people? That's our sneak preview of the conversation of bonus content with Sarah Pesson. You can hear the whole thing by becoming a member of Team Human at teamhuman.fm. You'll also get free access to our live events. You'll get access to our Discord, and all sorts of cool stuff you can find out about when you click on support. Thanks for being on Team Human. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.